When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But you can't bowl and you can't throw. I'm just telling you what everybody knows. Absolute sins. You put down all the tail and this hit you out of the ground. Don't ask what it was Karen and Joe. In a week where the world was shocked by a piece of massive news outside the scope of living memory, Coley scoring a century, this is Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. Confrontation in the middle. That as well. Yeah, the bat comes up. A little bit of Javid me and Dad, Dennis Lilly from years gone by. You're here with Kat Jones and Dan Lipke, and that, that clip was from uh, from the Asia Cup. It's probably really? the highlight of the Asia Cup. This ah. was uh, Asif Ali and Farid Ahmed uh, having a little bit of push and shove and getting a little bit riled up, so all, all, all quite entertaining. Huh. They, were, they were both eventually fined for it, of course. Uh, yeah. The ICC didn't look too kindly on that, which is probably fair enough. You, you want to save that kind of stuff for nightclubs after the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course. That, that, that's where cricketers from opposing teams should start. You just called it a little bit of push and shove. I think the, um, the news <laughs> called it a huge... Huge fight. Yeah. Like, whatever. which one was it? A uh, little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, who won the Asia Cup? <laughs> uh, Sri Lanka did. Uh, Pakistan uh, won the fight against Afghanistan, which meant they went on to face Sri Lanka in the final. Mm. And uh, Sri Lanka... Uh, had all kinds of fighting tactics down well enough to win the final by 23 runs. But that wasn't the highlight, real highlight of the Asia Cup, right? No, well, the Asia Cup is only set up to to let, uh, you know, sort of strength cricketers come in and show a bit of muscle, right? Which is what happened. Was the whole purpose of the tournament to let Kohli get a century? Yeah, I think so, because India eventually, uh, they didn't make the final, which meant they were playing Afghanistan at some point. And uh, yeah, he scored his first century in 1,021 days. He smacked 122 not out out of 61 balls against Afghanistan. Oh, that's a good score. Yeah, he's back. Yay! This is the part of the show where we discuss the cricket news of the week. Lots of stuff going on in the world of cricket, but we just have time to cover the Chapel Hadley ODI series between Australia and New Zealand. Hmm. And uh, that was uh, not the only ODI series that we've had in the middle of winter in Australia, right? No, no it's not. We, uh, we, did, we did have one more ODI between Australia and Zimbabwe uh, since we last recorded, and, and that, that one 
one, uh, Zimbabwe actually managed to win that yeah. one, which is a little bit, of, bit, bit exciting. Um, but we don't really have much time to go into that, right? No, I mean, it, there's only so much of Can't Ball Can't Throw in the 20 minutes that we, <laughs> we've record this podcast yeah australia aren't going to be playing zimbabwe in any format for the next four or five no. years anyway so I, I think we could just follow, follow follow cricket australia's lead and just ignore that and uh by not playing them in the next few years uh you know they, they won't be able to beat us again no, so no, that's good, right. good thinking from australia yeah and of course and india and england by the way too they're not playing zimbabwe either so sorry Poor about that zimbabwe. zimbabwe who are they playing now after they've had this wonderful victory i have no idea anyway uh in contrast to Zimbabwe, uh, New Zealand haven't beaten Australia in an ODI since uh, 2009. That's an ODI in Australia since 2009. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're no Zimbabwe, poor old New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And I've got, uh, they didn't beat them uh, in, no. in this series either. No. So, so Australia won 3-0. Mm. And... Some reasonably low-scoring matches, which are always exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the first match, uh, New Zealand made nine for 232 and Australia struggled to get there. But they, they did in the end a, a badly cramping Cameron Green, kind of just stumbling and staggering and hobbling around uh, mm. the, the pitch like a newborn Frankenstein's monster, mm. eventually got them home. But yeah, Australia were five for 44 in that chase before uh, Green and Kerry got them home. And uh, how did Aaron Finch go? Well, Aaron Finch had a series uh, dominated by fives. Yes, right? he did, yeah. His number's five. His number so. is five. He also hit a five in the mm. first match, didn't yep. he? Yep, and that, that was a very exciting start to his innings. Yeah, promised big things, but unfortunately then he got out. Yes, uh, so that was a, a less thrilling end. Yeah. Uh, in the second match, Australia batted first. Uh, they mixed it up a bit. Uh, I think that's because New Zealand won the toss in that second match. Yeah. So this time around they were five for 54, so 10 runs better than the first five wickets in the first match. Mm. Uh, this time around uh, Finch didn't get a five, he got a duck. Mm. Oh, well, mixing it up. Yep. Uh, so, But yeah, five for 54, that's pretty good teamwork from the rest of the batting order, right? Mm. To make Finch feel less bad about his run of low scores. Exactly. Just, just so I mean, the tailenders can get, can get the runs. Yeah. If Finch, if Finch shows the leadership there, <laughs> then the others all need to follow. Yep, yep. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but the bowl, the bowlers don't have to follow the batting. They, no, no. they, they play by their own rules. So that, that meant that Stark and Hazelwood added an undefeated 47 for the final wicket in that match, which uh, which got Australia to a, an okay total of 195 or 6 or something. Mm. And then uh, the, the bowlers came out and they knocked uh, poor old New Zealand over for just 82. You know, yeah, so look, chase. Pitch had the right idea. You only needed about five runs each in yeah. order to beat yeah. New Zealand. Yep, that yeah. would have been plenty. Yeah. Uh, and that victory meant that Australia regained the Chapel Hadley Trophy. Uh, but there was a downside to that, right? Uh, yes, because that means that beating New Zealand means that England go back to the top of the ODI rankings, right? Yeah, so it's probably not worth beating New Zealand if, if England are going to be the number one ranked team. Yeah, yeah, yes. And the other downside, of course, was that the Queen, who is apparently very invested in New Zealand holding the Chapel Hadley Trophy, she, she probably died as soon as they lost it. So oh. that was a little bit grim. Yeah, too soon. Mm. Too soon for the joke, too soon for the Queen <laughs> popping off as well. Yep. Mm. And uh, perhaps even sadder, Aaron Finch announced his retirement between the second and third of the ODIs. Yeah. So they, they made a big deal out of this. They, they all uh, wore black armbands. Yeah, black armbands. <laughs> <laughs> Minute silence. Yeah. England changed the lyrics to their national anthem for some reason. Yeah. It was uh, a little bit over the top, but we, we do all love Aaron Finch, right? Absolutely. And it was, it was fun watching all of these ODIs at the same time as England mm. were playing South Africa. So we yep. had a bit of test cricket in the background and multi-screens for those of us keeping an eye on all of the matches. So it was quite good. Yep. 
And uh, of course, when Aaron Finch announced his retirement from ODIs, Glenn mm. Maxwell had had a reaction to this. So they're, they're good friends, of course. Yeah. Uh, poor old uh, Glenn Maxwell cried. He was very upset. So Aaron Finch said in a press conference later that Maxie was in tears, and that was pretty funny. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Glenn. Imagine getting outed like that. <laughs> he's a gentle soul. I, yeah. I, I think it's good that he's in touch with his emotions like that. That is fantastic. He's allowed to be sad that Aaron Finch is retiring. We're all Look, we're all sad. We're all sad, and hopefully Maxie will love the the next new captain as much yeah well hopefully it's him yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i i'm re- you know i am hoping that finch continues on in in various uh franchise t20 mm. tournaments and does extremely well i mean often we know that after retiring from tests or one days or something where they've been struggling with they come out and they do pretty well these uh these slightly older cricketers yep. who continue on in the t20 format and it means he's going to have like a fabulous season for Oh, is he still playing for the Renegades? Let's assume he's playing for the <laughs> Renegades. Uh, yeah, and ideally he'll have a, a decent World Cup as well in the T20 World Cup. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then go off and play franchises everywhere everywhere, everywhere around the world. Yeah. To follow, follow the good old-fashioned South African path of retiring slowly one, one piece at a time from yep. all the various formats. One franchise at a time. Yeah, so, yeah, in his farewell match he, he made another five. Of course he made another five. <laughs> uh, but Steve Smith made 105. Smith yep. uh, went 100 runs better just to show off a little bit. Pretty um, good effort too from Steve Smith to be scoring a century when he was also umpiring. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, a very good piece of umpiring. He uh, <laughs> slogged this massive six off, uh, I think it was Jimmy Neesham at the time, and then immediately started pointing at all the fielders who were outside the circle and tallying them up and saying, I want a no ball for that and a free hit. <laughs> and uh, the umpire said, oh, good umpiring, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so right it's, it's very, very good of Australia, isn't it, to have so many umpires out there willing to help the on-field umpires. Mm. Uh, Australia... Australians are fans of justice, right? Yeah, definitely. If we can get all 11 players helping, that's got to be a good thing. 13, 13 umpires are better than two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We, and you spot all the no balls that way, <laughs> yep. including the front foot ones, right? Yep, all of them. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, Smith scored a century. New Zealand kind of made a half-decent chase of it. Uh, at one point, they looked like they might just scrape home, but then they lost a, a few desperate wickets. Uh, one to a bit of a dancing catch on the boundary rope mm. uh, that also ended with... Uh, with uh, Sean Abbott signalling, yes, that was out. So Sean Abbott got into the umpiring. He, yeah. he danced around the thing, then came out, one finger held up, just like, yep, that's yep. out. Good, soft, good umpiring. Soft signal there from <laughs> yes. the from the outfield. Yep. So yeah. So he, uh, that was given out, and that that was pretty much the end of it. New Zealand needed something like thirty one from the last over, and I was mostly just sad that Aaron Finch didn't bowl that last over. It would have been wonderful to see Finch bowling. We've seen this happen a couple of times in T yes. Twenty cricket as well. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, not yeah, to no, be. No, it was silly. Old Mitchell Stark came on and took two wickets so that's that's two wickets that Finch doesn't get in his career which I think is is a little bit sad yeah please support capitalism by checking out these sponsors all right this episode is sponsored by my my weekly challenge it's uh it's called Friday first drafts and every every week on a Friday I send out a newsletter which contains first draft of a, a joke that I've written or a joke article that I've written. It's not really your first draft though, isn't it? Your second or your third draft that oh, makes li- it... Literally not the first words that come out of my <laughs> fingers, but yeah, if I was going to publish it somewhere, then I'd probably uh, do, do another pass on mm. it a little bit later. But yeah, so it's first first and a half draft. Maybe. Yes, you've done a lot of these now, right? I have, yeah, and the, the recent instalments have included uh, Netback, which was a documentary about the Fab Four of cricket, mm-hmm. uh, also a proposal for a DRS economy and breakdowns of new cricketing technology. 
So it's all very silly. It's 100% free. So if you go to my Twitter profile, you can find a link. Twitter kind of has links to this built into it somehow mm. by magic. So uh, if you search for me on Twitter, that's Lieb Cricket, L-I-E-B Cricket. And uh, go to my profile. There'll be a great big link to Friday First Drafts newsletter. You can click on that and sign up and get free jokes once a week. Definitely should do that. Let's play. Are you smarter than a fifth grade cricketer? Okay, this is the quiz and we are going to play Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grade Cricket? Or rather, I'm going to ask the questions and Dan is going to play. Yes, I'll see if I'm smarter than a fifth grade cricketer. Yeah, well, you'll be happy with this topic. Mm. This topic is uh, Virat Kohli. Oh, well, well, always the best kind of topic. Yeah. So uh, so if, given that it's all about Virat Kohli, that, that means every answer is Virat Kohli, right? Yeah, 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 and every answer is either yes or Virat Kohli. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, that, that that's a spoiler and uh, it may also be a red herring. Mm. Anyway, Kohli's now has a, a century in all three formats of the game mm-hmm. and he's, uh, he's become the 21st player to achieve this. So we're going to give you a little quiz on the other 20 players. Oh, God, okay. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, so triple threat hundreds. Triple threat. Hundreds in, hundreds in ODIs. So it's not hundreds in a hundred because there's only been a few if you've done that, right? Yeah, so that's right. And there's no international. So this is hundreds in tests, in ODIs and the first and three T20s. formats. The first three formats, <laughs> yeah. right. Not three team cricket either. Tests, ODIs and T20s. Okay, right. so who was the first player to achieve the triple mm. achievement of a century in each format? I'd have to say that's... Probably. I mean, Chris Gale's got pretty much all the T20 records, so I think he's probably the most likely candidate. So I'll go Chris Gale. Yes, correct. Your first answer is correct. Chris Gale was the first to achieve the feat. And let's move on to the the next question then. Australia has three players who've scored a century in each of the three formats. So, uh, and I'm not going to make you guess them, Mm -hmm. Glenn Maxwell... David Warner and Shane Watson. Oh, what, what a, what a great, trio. What a great trio. <laughs> so, but out of those three, which one of them achieved the feat first? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Well, Watto did start his career earlier than the other two. Watto was around in like the mid-2000s, so he's probably got a head start and he would have probably had a test and an ODI century before the other two even started mm. their career. Um, it just depends whether he batted at the top in T20s. I, I, I find it hard to remember. But mm. I do know that in w- an early T20 World Cup, he pretty much dominated the whole thing. And I think he did score a century there. Um, and I know this because a book of mine about uh, the ten, Australia's 10 best World Cup wins is about to come out shortly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can remember it, but little, you can't remember enough there. details to that. I think, I'm pretty sure he scored a century. Yep. And I, I think that's early enough that he would have beat uh, both Warner and Maxwell there. So I'm going to go with Watto. Correct. Question. Question two, 100% so Mm. far, two out of two. Okay, so what about this question? Which cricketer took the longest to go from a century in one format to a century in three formats. Okay. This is a time, another time-based question. Who mm-hmm. took the longest? Was it uh, Joe Wardner? Mm-hmm. Was it Watto? Was it Virat Kohli? <laughs> Was it Kevin Peterson? Uh, well, given that it's been about 15 years since Kohli last scored a century, I'm going to have to go with Virat Kohli. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you would be correct. I, mean, I think Watto did it pretty quickly, but uh, Virat Kohli took from December 2009 to September September 2022, wow. 13 years. Wow, that's so, very uh, impressive. But anyway, Jai Wardner took 12 years. Oh, okay. So just slightly longer. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember him getting a century in T. Te- I can't remember him playing T20. <laughs> it does seem hard to believe, doesn't it? Yeah. Surely he, he must have played one game. He got the century. <laughs> Apparently. Anyway, uh, question four. And we have in total six questions. So 
This I'm, means I'm 50, that you've got 50. yeah, fifty percent already. You cannot mm. fail this quiz. Mm, you good. can get a, a D if you get no more correct. <laughs> All right. All right. So, question four: Who was the first England cricketer to score a century in three formats? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, well, seeing as you had uh, uh, Kevin Peterson as an option in the previous question, I'm going to think that Kevin Peterson it would be hard to get one before KP. So I'm, I'm going to go with KP. You're going to go with KP and yeah. you would be wrong. Oh. You would be wrong because he's never done it. Oh, really? <laughs> so that was a trick in the previous one. It was one. a trick. Uh. Uh, his highest T20 score was 73. Uh. He was just there as the D <laughs> option for question three for no particular reason. Oh, that's very sneaky. Uh, so, in fact, uh, the first England cricketer to score a century in all three formats was, of course, Heather Knight. Oh, yes, of course. Famously has uh, managed to get a century in all three formats, uh, and later on, uh, Joss Butler and David Milan also uh, managed to do it in all three formats. I've nearly revealed, well, we, between us, we've nearly revealed all 20 mm. of the uh, players who've managed to do it. Yep. Anyway, question five. So now your score has uh, dropped to 75%, mm, 75%. from 100%. <laughs> question five, which other woman has scored a century in all three formats? Hmm. Well, I think the trick in this one is that not many women get to play tests in the T20 era. So mm. if uh, if Heather Knight was the only or the first England woman, then I'm going to think it's not an en- another England player. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to think it's probably an Australian. So I do know that Meg Lanning hasn't scored a test century. Mm. And I don't think Elise Perry has batted high enough to get a T20 century. So I'm going to go with... Alyssa Healy as, as a strong candidate. I'm not she's sure she scored a test century, <laughs> but she might have. She seems to get centuries regularly, yeah. but unfortunately not in tests, so oh. not yet. Oh. I don't know her top scoring tests, but uh, that would be a good uh, trivia question. So uh, this was another trick question <laughs> because no other woman has managed to score a test century because they don't bloody play enough tests. Yeah. So come on, let women play more tests. Yes, definitely let women play more tests. We, we needed, um, yeah. need them to fill up this, this group. Can't, can't just have poor old Heather Knight in there all by herself. No, that's right. And we need to have more po- possibilities for these quiz questions. Mm, definitely. So no, that right. takes so your score to, to 60%. Uh, 60% yeah. So God, you're plummeting. dropping quickly. I think that is already a D. But anyway, uh, question six, final question. Only one player has more T20 centuries than ODI centuries and more ODI centuries than test centuries. So there's really only one player that is that symmetrical with their with their Go, Going backwards, scoring. going the wrong way. Yeah. Scoring more centuries in the in harder format. In the shorter format, in the harder <laughs> format to score centuries. So which one out of the 2021 players is that? I mean, uh, no uh, tricks in this question. Okay. Uh, uh, well, the, the only trick is do, doing things kind of that backwards and crazy. That that sounds very Maxwellian to me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to say Glenn Maxwell. And you would be correct. He has the reverse uh, <laughs> reverse instinct on this one and has scored more T20 centuries than ODIs and more ODIs than tests. Very good. So that gives you a grand old score of four out of six. Mm, 67%. That's respectable. I, I think, think it's does that make me smarter? I think that's a C, and I think that makes you smarter than a uh, than a fifth grade cricketer. Excellent. Ah, can't ball, can't throw, coming live. Thanks for tuning in and taking your time. The underappreciated act of the week, the funniest and crazy plays of the week. Who is gonna join the honorary board? The number one Scott Moller reward. 
Okay, this is the Muller Award, uh, Scott Muller Award. This rewards excellence in excellence in cricket in general. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. It just uh, <laughs> rewards funny moments that happen uh, during during the week. Exactly. What's our first nomination this the week? The first nomination is possibly my favourite one. But anyway, this is Nick Maddinson. Yep. Um, Nick Maddinson got in trouble because he had a big bat, <laughs> <laughs> which is just so fantastic. It feels like he's been sent to the naughty corner. Um, the bat was confiscated for being too big during a county championship match. He was playing for Durham mm-hmm. and uh, Durham could face a points penalty. But yeah. I, I love That's what happens when you sign Nick Maddinson. He brings his giant bat and costs you points. I, how did you, do you reckon he had extra luggage on his way from <laughs> Australia because his bat was too heavy? I assume so, yeah. Yeah. Who's and making big bats these days? Who, who on earth is manufacturing <laughs> bats that are too big to be legal? Did he just steal it off Dave Warner like five years ago or something when Warner had that massive bat that and became illegal, Warner threw it in the bin and Maddinson yeah, just maybe. like fished it out and said, oh, I'll take this home. Maybe the county championships don't <laughs> don't allow such big bats. Maybe, yeah, maybe. You know, they, maybe they have a different bat requirement mm. or something. But mm. anyway, I find that that's quite amusing. Yes. Well, weigh did, your bats, people. <laughs> well, they, 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 did, they didn't weigh it. They, they passed it through a bat gauge apparently. <laughs> this is that's not a joke. It sounds like uh, something from the 1966 no, no. Batman show, it a bat gauge. very much like a joke, but no, they they passed it through a gauge, and uh, I, I knew I knew they had like the rings for the balls. I didn't know they yeah. had uh, whatever whatever the equivalent is for bats. If I'm bowling, I'm I'm getting the umpire to pass everyone's bat <laughs> constantly through the bat gauge every time they come out to bat. Steve Smith looks like he's got a bit of a dodgy bat. Can you get that through the bat gauge, please? Yeah, yeah. It did make me wonder what what other gauges for cricket equipment because Watto's front pad was surely too big. Yes, that should have had to go through the pad gauge. <laughs> yeah, far too big. And and you know if you and what about the Box. Yeah, should, we, should we, we can't a, speculate on boxes. <laughs> the size of boxes? Yeah. No, I can't speculate about that. Yes. Oh, that's a very good nomination. <laughs> um, my first nomination is Dean Elgar, uh, who uh, going into the third test between England and South Africa, Dean Elgar came out in the media and said, uh, going into the third test with the scores 1-1, it's like a World Cup final for us. <laughs> <laughs> to which a uh, friend of the podcast, Dave Tickner, pointed out, how would they know? Yes. <laughs> It's <laughs> a wonderful observation because that is – do you think Dean Elka was tongue-in-cheek when he I'm said that? I'm sure. I don't think so. It's like I'm going into the third test, one all. Uh, we've never done this before. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, they did play very much like a South Africa team in a World Cup. Yeah. They, they crashed and burned big, big time. Yeah. Yes. It was a great series. It was a very good series. Very short mm. series, very rapid series. Yes, but, lots uh, of three-day matches. Mm, yes. Uh, what's our next nomination? Uh, we have Johnny Bairstow and he was uh, – <laughs> I think He's nominated just about every week. Mm. He was ruled out of uh, the, all the tests or that, that particular test and uh, the T20 World Cup as well mm. because he sustained a lower limb injury in a freak accident while playing golf. <laughs> well, what does that mean? Oh, that is that is absolutely fantastic, I think. I mean, wh- yeah. <laughs> what? what is a lower limb injury does in a freak accident he... while playing golf? I, I think it means he tried to headbutt somebody <laughs> and it went wrong. Does it mean he broke his leg? I, I assume so or S- twisted his ankle. Or, I mean, he's out, he's out till out till the it's end of the year. It's a long time, yeah. yeah. I reckon he probably stood awkwardly in a bunker or something, mm. maybe, or standing on a golf ball in the rough. Yes, they, yeah. those things are quite hazardous. Maybe he was run over by a golf cart. <laughs> that seems more likely. He had yeah. a few drinks. Falling, uh, ben falling. Stokes ran him over with a golf cart. Yeah, <laughs> falling down a. Uh, 
hole in the green by not looking where he's going. Maybe he just fell off a bar stool yeah. in the uh, 19th hole. Yeah, anything's possible. Anyway, uh, golf injuries being an integral aspect of baseball was not something I had uh, had on my bingo card. No, definitely. Yes. All right, my next nomination is Matthew Hayden. Uh, you may recall at uh, last year's uh, T20 World Cup, Matthew mm. Hayden was was part of the Pakistan team. Uh, he's you know, offered them advice and he was a batting coach. I think we had a quiz mm. uh, at one point, uh, Matthew Hayden versus Justin Langer. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Matthew Hayden is back as the Pakistan mentor for the T20 World Cup, which is yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. So they'll, they'll, they'll need to pick me up after losing the Asia Cup. Uh, but I, what I most hope now is that Justin, now that Justin Lang is free, that Hayden says, come on, JL, <laughs> come join us. We'll both oh coach uh, Pakistan together. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That would be enormous. He could be the high performance coach. Mm. <laughs> that would be very good. It would be very yes. funny. Yes. Oh, wow. And we've got one final nomination here, and that's uh, Stuart Broad, who went past Glenn McGrath's number of test wickets in, in that test. So mm. four years to the day, this is the bit that I like, four years to the day after Jimmy Anderson did it. Huh. And so this is a, a chilling September 11th moment, a second England seam bowler crashing through Glenn McGrath's towering record. Oh, that's, very... not, a, that's not a great metaphor. <laughs> No, yes, so. that's, uh, that's, that's very chilling. Mm, so Glenn McGrath's record tumbling down. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, stop it. No more. No, no more. more. All right. So what wins the Muller this week? I... Is it Nick Maddinson's big bat? Is it Dean Elgar's World Cup? Johnny Bairstow's <laughs> Lowell There's lots actually. of options. They're Matthew Hayden good. or Stuart Broad? I, I think it has to be... I think the funniest one's probably Dean Elgar, actually. <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't it? It is pretty good. Yes, all right. Congratulations, Dean Elgar. At least you leave England with something. You leave it with a Muller Award. And a consolation one-match win. Mm, excellent. Uh, prevented uh, England from having a clean sweep for the yes, summer. Yes, well done. Yes. And I think that wraps us up for the week. That's right. You've been listening to Dan Liebke at Lieb Cricket on Twitter and Kat Jones at Cricket Cat. And you can uh, follow us at Can't Ball Throw or find us on Facebook if you search for Can't Ball Throw. And we also have a website where you can see mm-hmm. all of our previous uh, podcast seasons everything. and everything yep. uh, back Can't in ball, time. Can't Throw.com. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So go check that out and we will see you next week. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.